Jake Gensel's been busy being the National Hockey League's hottest single player. There's a certain line mate of his who's starting to come along as well, and I dare say that matters even more. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. Penguins 6, Kraken 1 last night in Seattle. First game, obviously, at Climate Pledge Arena. And Jake, again, was the headliner with a couple of goals. Casey DeSmith with his first win of the season. Played okay. You know, I don't know that he was tested all that much, but whatever. You know, he'll take the W in his circumstance and move on. Danton Heinen with another big goal. But under... All of that, Sid had a goal and an assist. And Sid has been very kind of quietly snapping out of the early season expected slump. There's a difference between criticizing someone for not producing enough and recognizing that they were coming off a wrist surgery, then a COVID protocol stay. As it is, over Sid's last six games, which followed a three-game streak of zero points, he's put up three goals and nine assists. It's 12 points in six games. That's, you know, that's superstar level. It might not look that way. You might not be seeing Sid the Kid out there, but you're seeing him get points. Sure, some of that is because Jake is just white hot right now. Everything Jake is touching, including the opponents when he shoots it, is going in. And then, to his inestimable credit, he's also picking these gorgeous, top-shelf beauties like that second goal that he put home last night so there's credit to go to jake there's also credit to go to evan rodriguez who's been the the possession guy on that line if you can believe it with the remarkable amount of time he's holding the puck utilizing his speed creating getting the puck back on retrieval Uh, he's making a lot of things happen for that line but but so is Sidney Patrick Crosby. And to hear him last night after the game, you can tell he's kind of realizing that. Yeah, I think the chances have been there the last, you know, six or seven. You know, probably before they started going in, I think there was a lot of chances there. So hopefully it keeps going that way. Obviously, Gens and Roddy are doing some great things out there and making some plays. So uh, we just want to keep going no matter, you know, who's putting it in. It doesn't matter as long as it's going in. So... Um, but yeah, it, I think it's kind of felt better and better with each game. He'll underplay it, but this isn't to be underestimated. Let's not kid anybody here. The Penguins have a really nice supporting cast. They're starting to get supporting cast goals again after 
the recent lull. All of that's encouraging. All of that will be relevant come playoff time. But if you're talking about something more than just being one of those Metro teams that makes the playoffs, you're still looking at a superstar-driven team. You're still looking at a scenario in which Sid and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang still need to be their team's respective best players, yes, even better than Jake. That's just the way this is wired if you're talking about contending, serious contending. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. What constitutes an adequate superstar version of Sid? That's a question I've asked myself an awful lot going back over the summer, then after the news of his wrist surgery, and then again after this next hold up with the COVID because it threw him off as, as he spoke to us so passionately a couple of weeks ago about in Montreal that he'd never encountered something like this in his career where he just couldn't get on track the way he wanted to because of both of these issues compounding each other. Well, he's back. He's skating hard, always does. He's starting to create a little bit more in a, a daring sense. You're seeing some of those classic uh, Sid saucers where they just land 40, 50 feet away right on the guy's blade. You're seeing him use the boards. You're seeing him read off of both Jake and Rodriguez. I'm not leaving Rodriguez out of this. He's been a big part of it. But the biggest difference at least as I see it, is that Sid has taken the game to the net. This is something those of you who listen to this show regularly will remember I brought up a few days ago where I wanted to see Sid taking the puck to the net and in turn taking himself to the net. You might not think of Sid as someone who scores all of his goals from right around the net, but actually... The diagrams and the data will support that this is, in fact, the case. First goal of the season in Montreal. Where was it? Right in the blue paint. Goal the other night in Vancouver. Where was it? Right there. Where was the goal last night in Seattle? Right there again, just off to the side of the crease. He's a wizard in that region. Sometimes it's off to the side. Sometimes it's even a little bit below the goal line because he finds a way to sneak that blade up there. But that's where he needed to be, and he wasn't. He additionally needed to just flat-out shoot the puck. You saw this. I saw this. He wasn't getting the puck to the net. 
Well, over these last six games, he's registered 18 official shots. That's three a game. and That's not, you know, peak of his career level, but if you do three a game and you average that out over 82, you've got yourself a really healthy shot total for the season, and you're going to end up, given all of Sid's skill, you're going to end up with a pretty nice season. You're going to end up with around 30 goals. So what's what's fair? What's reasonable? What do you say about a superstar's production as they age? How much of a mulligan do you give? How much respect do you give in assuming that, well, they are who they are still, and he's got you know, at least one star winger when he has Brian Rust back, maybe Evan Rodriguez stays, who knows. But he's got he's got support. He's not flying solo out there, to say the least. What's fair? What do you what do you say is a, a pretty nice point total for him? And, and when I say that, I'm not necessarily looking at a full season figure because that's hard to do since he missed the time early and, and had the slow start, but I feel it's reasonable at this stage of his career and all the other circumstances that I just laid out that he should still be a point plus per game in this league. There's no reason for him not to be. The ice time that he gets, the power play time that he gets, and he's Sidney Crosby. You know, he can... And has already, to a great extent, uh, morph into even more of a 200-foot player. Although, I don't know what else he's got left <laughs> to do before hitting his head on that ceiling really hard. He can commit himself even more to the little things that make coaches, including Mike Sullivan, love him the way they do. But he and Malkin and Latang still have to be this team's best guys. And when it comes to Sid and Gino in particular, they have to produce points. My belief is that both are eminently capable of being point-a-game guys. Plus, that's where Sid is right now. Actually, he's way plus. Three goals and nine assists over six games is... Two points a game. This is this is good. This is a good way to finish a road trip that, looking back on it at 2-1-1, one, and one, is pretty impressive considering that they ran into the two Alberta buzzsaws right off the bat. A nice, nice trip for the team, for Jake Gensel, for both of the goaltenders, and also the player who still matters the most. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. And right now, 
Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q comes from Richard Hilwig, who asks, an interesting one that I've been going back and forth on is this. Is Jake Gensel the beneficiary of teams zoning in on Sid, or is Jake Gensel moving into star-slash-superstar category? Richard, uh, Jake isn't moving into that. Jake is he's, he's there. Uh, when you look at the production that he's had of late, it's the best that he's ever had in his career. This is now 13 games in a row with a point. He has five goals in his last two games, seven goals in his last four games. Uh, his goal total of 15 is now tied for sixth most in the NHL with a who's who of snipers being the only five ahead of him. The way he's finishing is at an elite level. The shots don't necessarily all look that way. They're not uh, powered home with the ferocity that Alexander Ovechkin delivers, for example. Uh, They're not necessarily the super pretty soft touches that you'll see from, let's say, Nikita Kucherov, you know, or uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. I'm thinking of the people that I, where I just look at the way they finish and just go, oh, my God. And, and, and Jake's not either of those. But Jake finds a way in each different situation to score. And he reminds me, in that sense, I'm going to go way back here for those of you who've been hockey fans for a long time and who've been on this planet for a long time, to Mike Bossy of the Islanders dynasty teams. Bossy would drive opponents nuts because there wasn't any one way that he'd score. He could be falling down, he'd be on his stomach, he'd be on his backhand, forehand. Um, Yeah, he was... An extraordinary sniper. I'm not taking anything away from that. The guy could knock off beer cans from 60 feet off the crossbar, but he had a zillion different ways to finish, and that's the way Jake is performing right now. Is Jake feeding off the opponent's uh, leaning towards Sid? I'm not seeing that at all. At all. And I say that principally because I'm not seeing Sid get special attention. Uh, This isn't the 80s or 90s, for one thing, where uh, a head coach would assign, you know, some poor slug to chase Mario Lemieux around the rink all night. Uh, That's long gone. You have line matchups, but you don't really see individual one-on-one matchups, much less an outright shadow, as that used to be called. So, no, there's no one in that capacity that's doing that to Sid. If you really get right down to breaking down the games that are being played in front of you, whether it's with your eyes or whether it's uh, on video or whether it's through analytics, 
I'm going to say something here that not everyone will be comfortable hearing, but there's increasing evidence that Sid benefits from Jake more than the other way around. Now, no one's going to want to hear that because of who Sid is and what he's achieved. And further, no one's going to want to hear that because the last time we saw Jake without Sid was only a month ago, and it was not going very well at all. And Jake's explosion into the NHL scoring race has coincided directly with Sid's return. But it's it's not that simple. Jake himself will acknowledge, and he did again last night in Seattle, that having uh, you know a, a living legend on your line is kind of a plus, and he does benefit from it. The two of them talk nonstop on the ice, off the ice, away from the rink, and there's immeasurable immeasurable pluses to the two of them being together but it's it's not that he's siphoning offense off of Sid that's not what we're seeing right now and I really believe that I appreciate the question I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates let's do another one tomorrow